Hello and welcome to Bite Size Strategy, the podcast that provides you with less fluff and more stuff that you can actually use to grow your brand online. In every episode, we cut the banter, we get down to business, and we talk actionable tips and tricks for online marketing, copywriting, optimizing your website, and more. I'm your host, Ashley Kay, a web designer, digital strategist, and all-around nerd. If you would like to connect with me in between episodes, you can give me a follow on Instagram at buildintandblossom or check out buildintandblossom.com for more. Hey guys, how's it going? I have some kind of exciting news. Honestly, it's more of a thing for me than it is for you, but my big news is, drumroll please, I am going to be reducing the average length of each episode of the Bite Size Strategy podcast from here on out by about 10 minutes or so. (laughs) Okay, you're probably thinking, what, Ashley? Like, what? I'm supposed to be excited about that? I'm supposed to be happy that you're going to be providing me with less information than you had been? Well, here's why. Okay, so I have been putting this podcast out faithfully every week since the beginning of November. I sit in my closet every Monday night, sometimes Tuesday, and I record for you guys. But there's a lot more that goes into it than just the recording process. I research every episode thoroughly. That's where the process starts. Then I put together an outline and I'm really detailed with it because if you let me go on like too much of a tangent, I would be putting out like two hour episodes, you know what I mean? So I have to have pretty detailed uh, notes. I have to have a pretty detailed outline to make sure that I don't go off track too much. So that takes time to put together, of course. Then I record the episode. Then I edit the episode. Then I listen to it once completely before I publish it because I think that's good to do. I don't want to just like put it out there without listening to it. So I do that. Then I turn my outline or my notes into detailed, basically blog posts for you that you can read on the website in case you don't have a chance to listen to the episode. Then I promote the podcast on my social media. I do some email, like newsletters to let people know that there's a new episode out and this is what it's about and all that. I also create, most weeks I create something called an audiogram and there's like a really great tool that does it for you, but you still have to do it. Like it still takes time to put together, you know what I mean? Then there's like the graphics too for each episode. I create like custom specialized graphics for each episode. And then sometimes I'll even put together little extras for each episode, like checklists or workbooks that kind of expand on the topic and help you get more out of the episode. My point here is all of that takes quite a bit of time to do, and I want to make sure that I am really getting the most out of each topic that I can be. So I want to make sure that I have time in my schedule available to make like these checklists and these extras for you because I think that's really where you can apply what I'm talking about for the week, right? You know, so I feel like what's most beneficial for you is having a tool that can help you in your own business rather than like 10 extra minutes of me talking. You know what I mean? So I am going to be reducing the length of each episode. And the purpose for this is to just make it more manageable for me, 
moving forward. It will take me less time to create outlines, less time to record, less time to edit, and less time to listen through. And then I'll be able to use that time to make more cool stuff for you guys. And I don't know if I've ever talked about here on the podcast what my plans are for my brand, Build It and Blossom, but I want it to basically be an education hub where you can learn all things digital strategy. I want to be putting out courses and workshops and videos and trainings and all that good stuff. But the fact is I haven't really been able to free up the time in my schedule to make that happen. And although just making each episode a little bit shorter isn't going to free up all of the time that I need to make that happen, it is going to help out, okay? So although I am shortening the length of each episode on average, it's going to lead to good things for you as a whole because I'm going to be able to put out more stuff for you that's going to help you learn even better, okay? So I just wanted to bring that up here. I wanted to mention it and let you know what the plan is moving forward, all right? So yeah, I'm really excited about this because to be honest with you, you know, not every week has felt like a grind, but depending on what else I have going on, in my personal life or with client work or with whatever, you know, sometimes putting out an episode that's 45 minutes long every week, it's a lot, you know? And it's not like the quality of this podcast is going to be sacrificed anyway. I'm still going to be sitting here talking to you for 20, 30 minutes, so that's cool. Anyway, to ensure that I don't make this episode super long because that's what I'm trying to avoid... I want to dive right into our topic today. So our topic today kind of draws on what we talked about last week. Last week we talked about customer support, okay? After recording the episode and spending the rest of the week promoting it and doing all that stuff I just talked about, I came to the realization that it's really hard to make customer support a topic that is sexy and exciting and fun to learn about, you know what I mean? But I really find that's the case surrounding some of the most necessary, beneficial topics in the business world. We have the business plan, right? Generally, a business plan is considered necessary to plan and grow your business. But not too many people are champing at the bit to sit down and write one. I said that right, by the way. It's champing at the bit, not chomping. FYI. Then we have things like, you know, a workflow analysis. This can help your business run more efficiently, but it kind of sounds like a snooze fest, right? It's not where we want to spend our time. So although perfecting your customer support isn't necessarily the fun part of running your business, it really needs to be done. So if you haven't yet, I highly recommend checking out the last episode of the Bite Size Strategy podcast. We talk about customer support. And when you check that out, you can kind of start to get some ideas to give your customers or clients more positive support experiences. So like I said, this episode kind of builds off of that one. Today, we are venturing into the world of customer or client success. If I say support, I mean success. They have two of the same letters at the beginning. I wouldn't be surprised if I get them mixed up. I have a tendency to do that. I don't know what it is, but if I say customer support, 
In this episode, chances are I mean customer success because that's what the topic is about. Okay, so customer success takes the whole customer support thing just a little bit further or honestly kind of in a different direction entirely, but one that is still all about helping your customers, which is a good thing. While customer support answers questions customers have when they have a problem, customer success is more proactive, aiming to help customers have fewer problems in the first place. And just another FYI here, I'm going to use the term customer success instead of client success. They are essentially the same thing, though. You know, depending on what you offer in your business, client success may make more sense than customer, but I am going to say customer success because it's more widely used. Anyway, if you haven't heard of customer success before, it may be because the term and the field has really only taken off in the past decade or so, and it's really like more common in medium to large-scale businesses that offer tech services like software or apps. It's a rapidly growing field and like profession though, so it's it's coming up, you know? But before I get any further, I want you to know what customer success is. There is a great article put out by Help Scout that really defines it well, so I am just going to borrow this definition from them. According to Help Scout, customer success is an effort a business undertakes to help its customers be more successful. It is no longer sufficient to assume that the company as a whole will take on customer success management. For your customers to really shine, you'll need someone or a team to be wholly focused on it. Now, obviously, in the world of solopreneurship and micro-business, we likely aren't going to be able to have a whole team dedicated only to customer success. Even having a single individual, like a customer support manager, which is a real role that a lot of companies have, by the way, but even having that for like a solopreneur, small business, that might be unlikely, right? But I don't think that this means that we get to neglect customer success altogether. I think there are a lot of valuable lessons that we can take away here. There is a lot of food for thought if you will. And that's why I wanted to discuss customer success here today to give you some ideas, to give you something that inspires you to be a little bit better in the way that you serve your customers and clients. So in last week's episode, we talked about how it's cheaper to retain existing customers than it is to attract new ones. Of course, attracting new customers is important, but keeping them on board once you've got them is crucial too. That's one of the reasons why we talked about really rocking your customer support. I feel old saying that. (laughs) But you want to make sure that people who have spent money on your service or your product feel cared for. So in subscription-based businesses, this retention is even more crucial, right? Just think of Netflix. If a high percentage of people that paid for like one month's worth of the service, the Netflix service, they paid for it one time for one month and then they canceled, well, Netflix would have a really hard time staying afloat, right? 
And I love my stats, so I found one about this topic. There's a study from Antenna, and it estimates that Netflix has a retention rate of over 97%. That's awesome. We all should strive to be like Netflix. In non-subscription-based businesses, giving customers the support they need and increasing their likelihood of success with your product or service can lead to repeat purchases, word-of-mouth referrals, and so on. So whether you have a subscription-based service or a non-subscription-based service, retention is key, right? The more successful your customers are, the more likely you are to be successful too. It's a win-win. Now, let me interject here. I want to ask you a very important question before we go any further. How do you define customer success for your business? If your customers were able to squeeze 110% out of your product or service, what would that look like for them? Now, I want you to assume that a significant percentage of your customers are not squeezing that 110% out. Maybe they're not even squeezing out 90%. Maybe they're not squeezing out even 75% or even 50% out of your product or service. Knowing that, how can we help lead our customers to have more success? How can we lead them to squeeze more out of our thing? (laughs) Well, here are some areas to focus on. First on our list, we have onboarding. And onboarding is something that you may not be that familiar with if you are a traditional product-based business, like you sell a product that you ship out. You might not know about onboarding. For other people, you might be really familiar with onboarding because onboarding is usually discussed a bit more in the service-based business world. Like you're a photographer or a designer or you do online marketing or something like that. If you are a traditional based business, though, if you do like have a product that you ship out to people, you're a little bit old school. I want you to challenge yourself to think critical here. You may want to adopt a mini onboarding process to better help your customers. You know, just because you have that traditional Product-based business does not mean you necessarily need to be exempt from offering an onboarding process to your buyers. Now, some businesses opt for a more automated onboarding strategy in the form of an email campaign or video series or something like that. And then there are others who are more hands-on and maybe they schedule a one-on-one kickoff call with every new customer that comes their way. Some people, some brands, some businesses, they may use a combo. Obviously, the approach that you take is going to be very dependent on the amount of new customers that you attract, your resources, and also like the cost of your product or your service. If your thing costs $50, well, you can't really afford to do one-on-one calls, right? It's not really feasible. But if your thing costs $5,000, then it's much more justifiable to do that one-on-one call. An onboarding process should help your customers learn what they need to do to fully leverage your product or service. You can use onboarding to show them what they need to do to be successful. 
And then another area where you can focus is sticking points. Although when, you know, you're in the lab, you're creating your service or your product or whatever, you're probably assuming that your customers are going to stick with you from start to finish. You know, they are going to squeeze that 110% out of their purchase with you. They are going to use the goodies that they get from you to their fullest capacity. But very often is that the case for whatever reason, right? You know, we have digital worksheets. They maybe get glanced at and then buried with a bunch of other files. Videos get paused and they may not be returned to again. Courses get started and never finished. See where I'm going here? By tuning your customer success ears, you can listen to sticking points that your customers often face when they are using your product or service. So if you're in direct communication with your customers post-purchase, you have that line of communication open, take note of what they're telling you. Where are they struggling? Where are they getting stuck? Sometimes you can get some insights that something may be up here by looking at metrics too. For example, if you have a subscription-based business, but you notice a lot of customers are canceling their subscription after the first month or like after a free trial or something like that, this may indicate that your thing fails to provide them with ongoing value. Similarly, if you send out an onboarding email series and you notice that the open rates significantly drop off at some point, well, either you've done an outstanding job in the first part of your onboarding process and the customer no longer needs any help, or maybe they are getting frustrated and they are ditching the entire thing before finishing. And remember, you know, this applies to you even if you have a physical product that you mail out. For example, if you sell jewelry, okay, a sticking point that a customer may have after they purchase and receive their product from you is, oh, like this necklace is so pretty, but I have no idea what to style it with. So it's been sitting in my jewelry box untouched. In that case, friend, may I suggest sending them an automated email through your email marketing platform a little bit after their purchase with some styling suggestions. This may even be a good opportunity to recommend another product and make another sale. Only if it feels natural, though. Don't be pushy. That's that's gross. Another area where you can focus on to help your customers have more success is communication and asking for feedback. And I really like the way that the Help Scout article I mentioned a little bit ago puts it. They say creating a loop that continuously brings in honest customer feedback is the best way to ensure you can remain proactive for the long term. So instead of being afraid to ask for feedback, create an open door where customers feel comfortable coming to you with their questions and their thoughts. This not only leads you to better help the individual customer who offers the feedback, it also is going to allow you to improve your overall customer success process and possibly your product or service as a whole. Sometimes, you know, we don't want to hear the feedback because it could be harmful. It could hurt us. It could hurt our egos. But honesty is certainly the best policy here, and it's really going to be the most beneficial for your business. 
And our last area to focus on when it comes to customer success is extra help for those who need it. Let me explain, okay? So in the world of tech and software, there's a term called churn. And the churn rate is the rate at which customers stop doing business with a company. It's most commonly used in subscription-based businesses and customer success departments can identify customers or customer behaviors that are at risk for churning and take steps to preserve the relationship. So although a lot of us probably are not going to describe our customers or our clients as at risk, I do think that we're probably familiar with the signs that a customer isn't as engaged as we want them to be, or we can see when maybe they're struggling with something more than others have that we have worked with. And when we notice that, we can jump in and we can offer extra assistance to the customers that need it. This may be something as simple as providing them with a couple additional resources, right? Or maybe it's more involved. Maybe it is an extra one-on-one call. This is another example, too, of a situation where you may want to promote another product or service that you already offer, in which case you can push that cross-sell or upsell. Obviously, this should only be done if the cross-sell or the upsell actually helps, right? Don't be a weird, shady salesperson. We're all about integrity here. We aren't about those sketchy marketing slash selling practices. So this extra support that you give people is something that most humans are going to appreciate and remember. And since we are doing business with humans, in most cases, not aliens, that's crucial. Even if your product or your service ends up not being the right fit for them, you know, they end up churning They may be more likely to refer a friend to you or even come back to you in the future when they are in a better position to utilize your product or your service. Plus, giving people the support and the help that they need, it just makes you feel good too. Before we finish up here, I want to mention that it's important to listen to your customers and understand what success looks like to them, okay? Understand what their expectations are for your product or service, not what your expectations are for them. Does that make sense? Of course, like both are important, but you have to make sure that all of that is in alignment. So before I jump on pretty much any client call anymore, I ask people a question. I ask them something like, what is going to make you feel like our time together is successful? Asking your customers how they will define their success up front makes expectations easier to manage and it lets everyone get on the same page. Because like I said, if something's out of alignment, it's important to address that and it's important to address it right away. So if your client's expectations don't line up with what you can offer them, you need to nip that in the bud as early as possible, even if that means ending the relationship with the customer. Sometimes you may just not be the right fit, and that's okay. So I hope this episode and our discussion on customer success was helpful and provided some ideas that you can put into place to improve your business. Even though your business may be super small, maybe even consisting of only yourself, solopreneur shout out, right? 
That doesn't mean that you can't take a customer-centric approach to things. The whole, if you build it, they will come. That isn't 100% true in the online business world. We wish, right? But in reality, there's a lot more besides just building it. And one of the things that you need to do is make sure that your customer, your client, they feel cared for, they feel seen, and they feel heard. So if you haven't yet, I really encourage you to start focusing on customer success and some of the things that we talked about in the episode here today. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bite Size Strategy. I hope it was really helpful. If you enjoyed this episode and you are hungry for more snackable bites like this, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. We're on Apple, Google, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also check out builditandblossom.com. I have written transcripts and notes for every episode here. So if you're ever able to not listen to one or you can't listen to one fully or you kind of zoned out and you forgot what I was saying, you can find the notes over on builditandblossom.com. I have them for every episode. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. That's a wrap. I will see you next week.